from the Three Story Method Podcast Network. This is the Serial Fiction Show. I'm Christine Daigle. And I'm J.P. Reinbush. Welcome to the Reader Serial Fiction Show. Today, we've got a post-apocalyptic zombie story by T.W. Piperbrook called Alive Again. Hannah Evans awakens to strange surroundings, people she doesn't know, and a world that is no longer familiar. The nightmare is about to get worse. E.W. Piperbrook is the author of the Contamination series, the Outage series, and the co-author of The Last Survivors. He lives in Connecticut with his wife and son. In his former lives, he has worked as a claims adjuster, a touring musician, and a business systems analyst for a Fortune 500 company. Now he spends his days fighting zombies, battling werewolves, and roaming ancient cities. And now, a sample of Alive Again, Episode 1. I awake to the prick of a needle. The sky comes into focus, blue and swirling with clouds, brimming with birds. The air is warm, but I feel a cool breeze against my skin, strong enough that it lifts my long, dark hair. Don't move. I try to sit up, but hands pin me down. I move only my eyes to either side to find two faces. Neither is familiar. One is an attractive man in a leather jacket. The other is a woman with blonde hair. They stare at me intently, judging my reactions. When I blink, they startle. Can you speak? The man asks. His brow furrows. It's clear he doesn't expect me to answer. I open my mouth to reply, but I gag. My mouth tastes foul, bitter, as if I've been asleep for weeks. Did these people drug me? Who are they, and what do they want? I start to panic. I try kicking and squirming, but the woman pins my ankles. Stay still, she warns. Does she need another dose? The man asks. I'm not sure. Give her another minute. Worry crosses their faces, and that makes me afraid. I strain my neck, searching for my family. Where's Jared? Where's mom? More importantly, where am I? I roll my head to one side, but I see nothing but a wide stretch of green grass and, finally, a chain-link fence. It looks like I'm in a baseball field. My eyes wander past the fence to a brick building in the distance. It looks like a school, but I've never been here. At least, I don't think I have. I try speaking again. To my surprise, I croak out some words. Where am I? My voice is gravelly and cracked. It barely sounds like me. The man and woman look at each other. It's then that I notice the syringe poking out of the pocket of the man's leather jacket. It looks like he's reaching for it, probably to give me another dose of whatever the hell he poked me with the first time. You're at Webster Hill School, he says, in West Hartford. He retracts his hand. I stare at him with a blank look. I recognize the name of the town, but I've never been here. Home is across the state, maybe an hour away. What's your name, he asks me. Hannah. I glance around the field. How did I get here? 
You don't remember? No. The man and woman exchange another look. That's a long story, Hannah, the woman says. I'm Sarah, and this is Ian. We're here to help. They slowly relax their grip. I repeat their names in my head, trying to jog a memory, but nothing shakes loose. Why don't we see if you can sit up, Ian asks. Okay. I lift my head. My skull throbs, and I feel like I'm going to be sick. I steady myself on the grass. The world is an endless rocking sea of sun and clouds. The grass is too bright, and I wonder if I'm in the midst of a migraine. I've never had one, but the symptoms fit. Easy there. Sarah and Ian help me to my feet, and I slowly stand. Ah, oh, my legs feel like jello and barely support my weight. I catch a glimpse of myself on the way up. I'm wearing my favorite jeans and tank top, but they're dirt-stained, caked with grime, barely recognizable. My arms are filthy. What the? All right, let's do our other interview. So I just wanted to talk about what I really enjoyed about this episode. And I love the body horror in the beginning of this uh, story where she's waking up and she's not sure if the people who are surrounding her mean her harm, but there's nothing she can do about it. So she has no control of her body. And for me, there's just nothing more horrifying than being able to uh, not move while people are trying to stick needles in you. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was a great hook of a beginning. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I I love this as well. It was a really good first episode. Definitely hooked me in or needled me in. I don't know. What, whatever direction you want to go with there. <laughs> I'm just super curious. What inspired you to write this? Um, yeah, I mean, kind of what you guys are saying. I just, th- that's kind of a fear that I have too, is you, you know, maybe a lot of people's fears. You wake up, you don't know where you are, what's going on. You've got strangers around you. You know, you've just been pricked with a needle. So I'm also, you know, a horror writer. I do sci-fi, post-apoc horror. So it's obviously a zombie story too. So I have kind of a little element of horror there, or a big element of horror is waking up like that. What's going on and what's happening to me? So kind of trying to tap into some of those fears and then with a little twist on it, obviously too. So, which I won't say right now, but. <laughs> yeah, readers are just going to have to look at that episode if they want to see that twist, which is a great novel twist on the zombie genre, by the way. So I hope people really go and check that out. So When you're writing a serial, do you have everything planned out in advance or are you going to take a look how audience response is playing into this and make some adjustments? Yeah, well, this is kind of a grand experiment, right? So Vela is pretty new. So I think that's kind of what makes it very exciting for for me, especially and everybody is we don't know exactly how it's going to play out and what the readership's going to be like. And obviously there's going to be some feedback from readers. Um, I think they've said there's going to be like a uh, like button, you know, a thumbs up and a favorite. Um, I don't know if there's going to be comments yet. So as far as that type of feedback, I guess we're still figuring all that out. Um, so to answer the question is I, I do have an ending in mind for the first season is what I'm kind of calling it. So I'll try to serialize it. And I, I'm kind of writing this the same way that I write some of my books. So it's kind of a combination of plotting and pantsing. So I, I know what's going to happen. I know how the ending of the season is going to go. I know a lot of the mile markers along the way. But with that said, if there's some feedback from readers, that'd be really cool to incorporate that or see what people are digging and not digging and kind of go from there. So I'm excited about that aspect of it. Nice. What is one thing about this story that you really want listeners or readers in this case to be excited about? Um, I say the twist probably, which again, we won't spoil, but hopefully a, a big unseen twist in the end of the first episode. 
that will hopefully throw people for a loop. And that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the serial questions that will be answered and explored and where this character, Hannah's journey is going to take her, kind of figuring out the world around her as she wakes up to this you know, strange environment and people and everything. So yeah, so that's what I'm hoping they'll take away. So did you have to do any kind of research to write this story or your world? Uh, I did, yeah. Some of the, um, again, I won't go into any spoilers, but yeah, I've done some some scientific research. And then of course, there's any zombie story, there's some suspension of disbelief there. So, But yeah, I did some research for that. Um, another thing too is with this particular serial, I kind of drew a lot from familiar locations. So it takes place uh, in my home state. And I actually used where the main character wakes up is actually my elementary school. So yeah, I tried to throw some little, uh, little tidbits of my own life in there. Um, and even, you know, I'm, I'm kind of farther along in writing the serial now. So I've used some other environments and locations that I'm familiar with, which made it kind of cool. So I'm incorporating that in the story. Yeah, you actually have a very large catalog of post-apoc novels. Uh, what do you like most about the genre? I think just the, the many ways you can destroy the world. <laughs> so, and it just, there's so much adversity to post-apoc, which makes for, you know, a great story. It's like there's always something going on or, or some kind of monster or, you know, environmental or plague or something that's, there's a lot of conflict in post-apoc, you know, and there isn't every story, but it's just so fun to destroy the world and throw things at the characters and see how they react, put characters, you know, into certain groups and see how those people get along or don't get along. And I don't know, I just, I've always loved it. I've always loved horror and post-apocalyptic fiction since I was a kid. So it made sense for me to write it. <laughs> Is there anything that you're finding you enjoy or that a different challenge in writing serial fiction than in writing novels? Yeah, it's a great question. So I haven't, I've written series, almost everything I've put out is a series. Um, so it's sort of similar in one way. So I haven't specifically tried my hand at serials, which is making it a cool experiment. So I'd say that I don't know that it's changed the story so much as, you know, there's a lot more cliffhangers and stuff in the end of, the, of each episode. I'm trying to make those fairly natural, like no, no cheap cliffhangers. <laughs> so I'm trying to, you know, things that make sense with the story. And I'm also trying to, you know, keep the chapters to um, a certain length, makes them very digestible. Uh, so I'm shooting for about a thousand to two thousand words per chapter or episode, um, with you know hopefully some new development happening in each one, and then some sort of cliffhanger to propel um, you know the story along and readers from one to the next. So that's probably the biggest change for me is you know maybe more more cliffhangers and really trying to make something really concrete happen in each chapter, which isn't super different from novels, but maybe it's a little I don't know a little more than novels. A more focused, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we met. Sarah, Ian, and Hannah in this first half of the episode. Mm -hmm. Of them or of other characters that may be introduced, who so far is your favorite? Uh, I guess I'd probably have to say Hannah because uh, obviously she's the main protagonist. So, And that's another thing. I haven't done a lot of... I've been writing full-time for about eight and a half years, and I haven't done hardly any uh, first-person narrative. So this is one of the few first-person stories that I've done. So that kind of makes it unique for me anyways. So yeah, I'd say she's probably my favorite since the story's through her eyes. Uh, and you'll kind of discover what she discovers along the way and kind of get to know her a little better as the story progresses, as long as she survives. What did you enjoy most about writing Hannah or about writing her voice in first person? Um, she's a younger character, obviously, and I've had some fun. You know, I've written kind of a, a span of characters through the, the things that I've written in the past. Um, and I've enjoyed younger characters. And I think for serials, for the young adult, you know, does pretty well for that. And Kind of a little quick backstory on, on this particular episode here. It was actually a story that I wrote back in 2014. Um, so it was in another, it was a zombie anthology that I'd written. Um, it was actually a Facebook group that I was part of called All Things Zombie. Um, so it was a group that I was kind of active in at the time. 
And they put together an anthology of original zombie stories with a bunch of, I think it was like 33 or 36 authors took part in this. So I originally wrote this first episode as a standalone story, and I'd always wanted to go back to it. I'd actually, um, a few times I had started a full novel that took place five years after the events of this episode. And then I had um, some readers ask, you know, when they read this in the anthology, what happens next? You know, they want to know what happens after this episode. And I had thought about that too for a lot of years, and I'd meant to make it a full novel. Um, and then Amazon announced Kindle Vela, and I just almost immediately thought of this story. And I said, this would be perfect. I could just spring right off from this episode. I'd always meant to do that anyway. So, so here we go. So I'm finally getting around to it. Yeah. It's amazing how some of those ideas uh, percolate and then come back and go, wow, we were really onto something there. So we should expand. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. So you mentioned that I think that the setting is set near where you live, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Is that correct? Yep. So without too many more spoilers, like dangers, events, or landmarks that you're really excited for readers to encounter? Uh, yeah, I've had a couple. Yeah, so I've got a, uh, right now, as long as it stays, you know, the chapters stay the same, I've got a comic book shop as one of my locations. That's actually my favorite haunt uh, here in Connecticut. It's a comic book shop that I free. I was just there a couple days ago. <laughs> so yeah, so I threw that in there, which was cool. I'm also a comic book nerd. So I've, I used to collect back in the 90s and I kind of started back up maybe four or five years ago. So I got like a pull list at a local shop and I go down there and, you know, shoot the breeze with the owners and all that stuff. So I kind of um, included that in there. So that's one, one part that I'm excited about. Excellent. Maybe we'll have a little um, tour guide uh, when this whole series comes out for the first season. Yeah, that'd be cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a comic book nerd too. Can I shout out? I shop in two different countries in Ontario and Michigan. Should nice. I shout out my comic book stores? <laughs> yeah, go for it. No, <laughs> shout out to Vault of Midnight and Rogue Scout. Yeah, and I'll shout out, I'll, I'll shout out to the eye opener. No. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So uh, there have been a lot of different takes on zombies and various pieces of literature and film. Are there particular ideas or concepts that help shape your work? Uh, yeah, so the, the first, well... I guess some people would consider me a newbie in one sense, but now at this point, it's been out for a while. But the Dawn of the Dead remake was one of the first zombie films, that, again, the remake, that I just, it really grabbed me. So I remember I saw that in the theater and the first 10 minutes of that movie is just insane. It's just, you know, broad daylight, just chaos. And I was just like, this is amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I just loved it. So, and then obviously I've watched a million more since then and kind of gone back to the classics and different things. So but yeah, that one really grabbed me a lot. So, and, and I, I guess the whole debate there, you know, again, things that grab me with the zombie genre, the fast versus slow zombies and all that. And I like them both for different reasons, but I think just those fast zombies are, are kind of what is in the current serial that I'm writing too. So <laughs> are the, the faster kind. Yeah. Does that mean their heart's beating? Is that what the difference is? Is there a circulatory system differences? I forget uh, what yeah. the thinking is there. <laughs> yeah, they are here. Yeah. As you'll, you'll see. So, yeah. Excellent. Nice. I feel like in a post-apoc world, you definitely want like a doctor, a scientist, an engineer, but realistically, you also need a post-apoc writer because they're the ones that can answer all the crazy questions. So what is your best tip for surviving a post-apoc world? Uh, not to listen to me. No. <laughs> Perfect. Well, shit. Yeah, no, I get, you know, obviously prepare for the worst. Right. Um, and, and it, you know, kind of, I guess what this last year and a half has taught us just everything we've gone through lately is that people will we'll make all sorts of decisions. That's, that's like a huge takeaway I've had because, you know, I've been writing post-apoc for eight years and, um, you know, people will sometimes comment on, on different people's books or whatever reviewers will say, Oh, I would never act like that. Or this person should never do that. 
And I think you see in a scenario, like a post-apoc scenario, you will get a variety of responses, things you've never guessed, things you did guess. You know? so, so people really do act in unpredictable ways. So I guess be prepared for that, right? Be prepared for any sort of uh, interaction you could imagine. <laughs> we'll stock up on toilet paper now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get those bidets, I guess. So everyone has a worst fear. Is there one thing that you kind of find particularly horrifying? Uh, I do. Yeah. So I, I've got a uh, claustrophobia, so that would be a big one for me. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not, I, I, I can't stand that kind of stuff. Uh, being trapped in like a close quarters thing or yeah, that would definitely be my worst nightmare. So I avoid that situation at all costs. Do you write about that at all? Do you like to explore that through writing or is that something that you just avoid in the writing as well? Cause it's too awful. Yeah. I, I do explore uh, a lot of fears and stuff like that. I don't know if I've specifically explored that one, but I'm not opposed to it. So maybe maybe that'll show up in the serial. Who knows? <laughs> we'll have to find to out. Yeah, we'll find yeah. out. Excellent. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank thanks you. so much. Thanks so much for having me. Our thanks today to T.W. Piperbrook for letting us share their episode. If you liked it, you can read the first three episodes free on Kindle Vela. The link is in the show notes. Also, if you're a writer, we have a companion podcast, The Writer's Serial Fiction Show, where we talk with the authors about their stories and discuss the elements of writing compelling serial fiction. Finally, we want to thank you for listening to The Reader's Serial Fiction Show. If you know someone who might enjoy the show, send them your favorite episode link. And if you want to leave an Apple podcast review, we read all of them and use your suggestions. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, and we'll see you next time with another serial fiction episode. Great. And then I've got the cover already ready to go. And randomly, my wife is on the cover. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you can't see. It's like one of the silhouette covers from the back. Oh, cool. So that, that shows you how long I've been thinking about writing the full novel because I already had the cover art from like four years ago. That's awesome. So nice. now I can use it. <laughs> Looking forward to it. It's going to cool. look great.